turn them back to Romans chapter 8. We're going to be continue on, continuing on in our series, uh, Therefore. But this morning I'm going to be reading through, uh, through verses uh, 28 and 29. So hear the word of the Lord. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to His purpose, for those He, excuse me, for those whom He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, in order that He might be the firstborn among many brothers. Let's pray, Heavenly Father. We thank you for Your Word, Your infallible, inerrant Word that is given to us, uh, um, and is given to us for to teach us and to. To, to instruct us on how we may know you and live uh, with you. And so, Lord, this morning we pray that you would use your word um, to powerfully speak into our hearts, uh, to change us, and to uh, radically transform our minds um, that we might be conformed to the image of your Son. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. So we're in this series still, uh, a couple more weeks uh, of Therefore. And uh, what we've said is that here in uh, Romans uh, chapter 8, we discover the benefits or blessings of being in Christ. Um, And we've seen things, actually I kind of mentioned this like last week, it's like a song that starts small and then builds and builds and builds. Like for example, it's a song that you might hear um, occasionally in a guitar store. As a matter of fact, in the movie Wayne's World, they had a sign that said, uh, no uh, stairway to heaven. Because it's, it's a song that many uh, young kids or people would learn. Their first song would be stairway to heaven, right? And it starts this pretty little guitar part. And then, you know, and, and, but then by the end of it, it builds and builds and builds and builds. And by the end of it, it's this awesome rock song. And it's just a really good song in that way. It's one of many songs that start small and build and build and build. And that's what Paul's doing here. And he's declaring to us what it means to be in Christ. That, that, that we would be no longer, so he started with, we're justified. There's no condemnation. It's as if we've never sinned. If we are in Christ. We also are given a new life. That we are set free from sin and death. That, um, that we're no longer cap- uh, capt- held captive by our autonomy and self-sufficiency. And so we are called to walk into new life. We are adopted as God's sons and daughters. And because of that, we are heirs, fellow heirs with Christ. And that all that is His is ours. And so, that's what He's been building. But being an heir and being in Christ also meant means that we share in his sufferings. And in the last two weeks, we've talked about those sufferings. We've talked about, first of all, having hope in sufferings, and then the help that we get in our sufferings, that the Holy Spirit would come and intercede for us in our deepest, darkest places, that we would have hope and help in suffering. And so he's going to continue on in that thread, because... Life happens, and what does it look like when, when we face sufferings? And this week, or this, this week we're going to see that not only we have help and hope in suffering, but we have some purpose. There's purpose behind the suffering that we face. And so here, in these two verses, which are very well known, 
probably one of some of those quoted, most memorized verses in the Bible. Try a couple of others. Philippians 1, I can do all things in Christ, strengthens me, you know, uh, or um, others like it. But uh, this verse, these verses, we see some amazing truths. If you just stop and, and, and really think back about them, because these are kind of verses you just people throw around, especially at a funeral, which is don't do that, please. Uh, uh, but we have two amazing truths here. Three amazing truths, excuse me, that give us purpose to every circumstance in our life. Okay? First, and so here's three truths that we see in these verses. First of all, every circumstance in this life will turn out for your good. Did you hear that? Every circumstance in your life will turn out for your good. That's an amazing statement. This is an amazing claim that Paul is making here. All things work together for good. Not some things. Not the good things. Sorry, this microphone. Not the good things. Not uh, just uh, the things that you think are good. But all things work together for good. Um, And so, in other words, Paul is making a claim here that covers every possible contingency. Nothing happens without God's total, meticulous, and unrelenting care and attention. in, in, In theological terms, we use the word providence. And providence is God's governing and, and, and control of all things that happen. Everything that happens. So, in the Westminster Shorter Catechism, it says this. It says, dis- describing uh, providence. God's works of providence are His most holy, wise, and powerful, preserving and governing all of His creatures and their actions. And so, this idea that nothing happens in your life out of control. His providence governs everything. So there's a couple of things I want to just point out about this, okay? First of all, this verse says that all things happen to Christians. All things happen to Christians. We've already said this, said this last couple of weeks, that if you're in this life, things are going to happen to you. So it's a, it's a general truth that good things are going to happen to you and bad things are going to happen to you. It's just a part of living in a fallen, broken world. And Paul's kind of pointing this out here. He's not saying only good things will happen to you. He's not even saying only bad things will happen to you. He's saying all things are going to happen to you. And so we've got to remember that. Now, there are certain uh, Christian groups, we mentioned this as well, that would teach that uh, if, if you are a Christian and you pray hard enough or you do the right things, you get enough money or you're holy enough or God loves you a little bit more, Bad things won't happen to you, but only good things will happen to you. Let me tell you, that is just absolutely not true. The reality is, we are in this world, in a broken, fallen uh, world, we will face tough things. I'll say, secondly, Paul tells us that all things work together for good, and as he qualifies this, 
to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. So you can't just say this to anybody. Okay, it's to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. We're going to talk about that calling a little bit more in depth next week. But basically, he's, he's saying, that he's describing what he's been describing before. Those who are in Christ, who have no, have no condemnation, who have been set free, who walk according to the Spirit, who have been adopted, who are now heirs. That's who he's talking about. And so this is yet another beautiful and amazing truth that is true about someone who is in Christ. And so outside of Christ, that can't be said. You can't say it to your neighbor who doesn't know Jesus. Oh, that'll work together for good. Because honestly, the opposite may be true. You know, C.S. Lewis said, there is no ordinary humans. There is either only those who are in Christ and are becoming more and more glorious every day, or those who are out of Christ who are becoming more and more, potentially maybe even a demon every day. There's one path, there's only one, and there's only one or the other. But here's one of the glorious truths that as God's people we can cling to is that every circumstance in your life will work together for good. Now Paul also says something here. He says that this is something we know. He says, we know this. How would Paul say that? Well, perhaps by circumstances, but I'm sure there were things in Paul's life he didn't understand. As a matter of fact, he describes uh, a thorn in his flesh, as he calls it, that God doesn't explain why. He just says, You're, it's there because you need some weakness in your life. But there's things Paul didn't understand, but wh- how would Paul know this? Well, perhaps God's word told him. And as a matter of fact, throughout, and we'll see this later, that throughout God's word, it teaches us that God is working and is, look, is seeking the good of his people. And that's part of his overarching plan. So, we can have, though, like with Paul here, we know we can have a deep conviction that whatever happens in our lives, it is working together for good. And that means all things. The things you don't understand, the things that hurt, the things that are great, all things are working together. Your stupid mistakes, your foolishness, your wisdom, it is all working together for good. And it's good news is that somebody has their hands on the wheel. When they're not, it's a bad story. And outside of Christ, it's a, it's a bad story. So, for example, I think Ronald Reagan told this story. It was a, a photographer uh, who was uh, tasked to go and fly over some forest fires in um, uh, California. And he uh, was, you know, told to get out there, get out there quick before the fires go, you know, die away, whatever. And so he rushes, and he rushes, and he, he um, f- manages to, to charter a plane uh, at the last minute. And he's running across the tarmac, jumps in this plane, and the, just before this plane ru- rushes down the runway. And at about 5,000 feet, they're flying over California. He pulls out his camera and says to the pilot, hey, you know, head over to the fires so that I can get the photos. And there was just silence in the cockpit. He looks over, and, the, and this pilot's looking at him with, like, no color in his face. And he says, I thought you were the instructor. <laughs> it's 
bad when somebody's hand's not on the wheel, right? It's funny because when we'll be traveling somewhere with our kids, they normally could care less about where we're going. I mean, they're oblivious to it. I mean, we'll tell them we're going to store, okay, you know, they're on their iPads, until we're going somewhere good. You know, we're going to Disney. And then all of a sudden, they start, they sometimes start worrying about how we're going to get there. Are we going the right way? Did you make a wrong turn? Are you like, listen, kid, you've been riding in this car your entire life, and you've never cared how we get somewhere, but you got there, right? But we want somebody to have their hands on the wheel. And the good news of this passage, or what Paul is telling us here, is that God has his hand on the wheel. So how do these things work together for good? What's happening? Is it just a random evolutionary process or something that just somehow happens to work out? Or, you know, it's like you roll the dice and they happen to be the perfect roll of dice? No. So the second truth that we see in this passage is that every circumstance in this life is worked together for your good by God. Now, there's a little bit of debate about this verse. This verse, um, because if you you ever compare translations, so if you have maybe a, a King James version or some other versions, there's debate whether there should be another, there should add the, the word God a, a second time in this verse. And so in other words, some read, God causes all things to work for, together for good, or it just all things work together for good. Now I don't want to get into why that discussion goes back to ancient manuscripts and these types of things. Um, uh, I, I, my, I kind of lean towards the fact that they added God as a way later, the Alexandrians added the word God is just to keep confusion here from the happening. But it makes the grammar really weird. But it, in the end, here's the thing. It doesn't matter. Because it is absolutely clear from the context, especially the verse that comes next in verse 29, that it is God who is doing the working. So re, read with me in verse 29. Do I have that? Yes. For, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn of many brothers. And so, what's, what, uh, so when things are working together for good in your life, it is because of God, not some random process or some evolutionary thing or whatever. It is God who is working a plan, a purpose. So Paul is not saying that things just work together for good randomly. Because honestly, that doesn't happen, does it? In this world, when things don't work together for good. Bodies break down. Entropy happens. Relationships, you know, are struggle. Life is hard. Things don't naturally work together for good in a fallen, broken world. It's the opposite. And so what Paul is saying here is that it's God who is working a plan, a purpose. He has a goal in mind. And he is working these pieces together to make something. Now here, let's think about that. 
Think about when you bake a cake, which I've never done. I, I, I was thinking about this last night. I've never baked a cake. <laughs> Maybe some mix in a box. But if you think about it, if you're baking a cake, <clears throat> by the way, Amanda makes every year my birthday. Anybody have it? Well, uh, every year for my birthday makes the most amazing chocolate cheesecake. Ooh. But when you make a cake, okay, and I know this just intellectually, not practically, but I know that there are components, ingredients that go into the cake, right? So flour goes into a cake. Uh, vanilla extract, things like that go into a cake. But and if you go and you taste those things on their own, they're not very good. You ever tasted flour? Just put a big old mouthful of flour. It's not good. Or vanilla extract. It smells good, but it doesn't taste very good, right? Or, you know, it's other ingredients. Or, you know, who, who wants a raw egg? You know, that's what, like, muscle guys do, right? I don't know why. It's just it's cool, I guess. To eat a raw egg. Or these things together or individually sometimes don't taste very good. And then sometimes if, throughout the process, even as you mix them up, it doesn't look very good. I, don't, I mean, sometimes cake batter can be good. Sometimes it's not. Okay? But then, once it goes in the oven and it cooks, then you have a delicious thing to eat. And that's the, what's being described here. Is that God has a purpose. God has a plan. And sometimes life gives you flour or vanilla extract and we don't understand it. It's painful. It hurts. It's bewildering. It's confusing. It's scary. But God is taking those pieces somehow, all the random, uh, seemingly chaotic things in our lives, and he built, He's putting them together, and in the end, it's going to be beautiful. That's what he's telling us here. So we're told that God is putting in all these pieces, sometimes bad, sometimes good. And we see this lived out in, in Joseph's story. If you go back into Genesis, y'all, y'all know Joseph? who um, was one of, had a bunch of brothers, and his, his father loved him like a whole bunch, and, and, and it just kind of blessed him and, and so on. But his brothers got jealous, and they almost killed him, but they end up selling him into slavery. So they, they betray their own brother and sell him into slavery. Then he's, you know, I mean, there's just all the things that happen in his life. And he ends up in prison, and, and all these things happen, and to the point where eventually... He is, ends up in a position to save his whole family as the second in command in Egypt. And he says something that, that basically, in, in short order, says exactly what he says here. Look, bring up Genesis for me. He says, as for you, he's talking to his brothers. This is when he meets back with his brothers. And he's, he's going to bring them to a place of rescuing his family from famine. He says, as for you, you meant evil against me. But God meant it for good to bring about that many, many people should be kept alive as they are today. He says, all the pieces of my life, good and bad and ugly, God put together to this moment in their lives where it would work out for their good. And so God had been using all the circumstances of Joseph's life, good, bad, and ugly, in order to bring about the preservation of his people. And so, we see 
that everything works together for good, for your good. And it is God that is doing that. And thirdly, every circumstance in this life will produce a better life. So Romans 8.28, I kind of mentioned, sorry, 8.28 is probably one of the most misused, misquoted verses in the Bible. Um, I, and I think, it's, I think it's really well loved because it, on the surface, it seems to say that if bad things are happening to you, God eventually is going to give you good things. Does that make sense? So uh, you're hunting the houses, and you're, you really need a house to buy or whatever, and, and you love this house, and God doesn't give it to you, so you're bummed about it. And so Romans 8.28 comes out, and you say, well, God works all things for good. We'll get a new house, a better house later. That's the kind of thought that goes behind this. You know, this is like a you know, one of those blessing bag verses. You know, you pull out when you need a blessing from God. Because you know, if bad things are happening right now. It'll there'll be a better day. This verse is not saying that. This verse is not saying that God right you know is going to give you good circumstances at some point in your life. No, he is, this verse is saying not that God is going to improve the circumstances in your life, but rather he's going to give you a better new life. And that this life is going to be what it is. This life, at times, is going to be a struggle. It's going to be painful. It's going to be full of suffering of all types. I've already said that. So, but... God is working all things together to give you a new and better life. So how do we know this? What's, what's, this verse tells us. Go back to eight, uh, verse 29 with me. He says, For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son in order that they might be the firstborn among many brothers. These two big things here. First is saying that God has predestined that something to happen. And this word predestined means to, to, to preordain, or to foreordain something. To, to, to have decided the outcome of something before it has happened. Now we'll, we'll talk more about this later. Next, next week we're going to talk more in depth about predestination and God's sovereignty versus human freedom and this kind of stuff. We're not going to get into that right now. All you need to know today is that God is working a plan and he's been working that plan from the very beginning. And that God, having already known you from, from before the beginning of the world, Ephesians chapter 2, it tells us that, that we are chosen before the foundations of the world. And for the same purposes here. That God has been working a plan. And he has been doing a purpose from the very beginning. What is that purpose then? What is the plan here? That, you're, that you would have a happy little life. That all the little things in your life will go well. You won't have any struggles or any discomfort. You know, you'll be fat and happy. And retire well and have a good golf swing. All that kind of stuff. Yes, you know, have the perfect house, kids that well behave, you know, all the things that we want, right? 
good job, accolades, all the things that we want. Is that what God's been working from the beginning of time to do? Is that do you have a little happy life? Like John Piper had a famous sermon in 2001. He preached at the Passion Conference over thousands. It changed thousands of lives. And he said, don't waste your life. At the end of your life, you're going to go into heaven and say, God, look at my seashell collection or my golf swing or my boat. You think God's going to care about that? No. God has been working another plan that is not your little happiness. And not my little happiness. I'm, some days I don't like to hear this, but this is true. That God has been, he is working a plan to conform you to the likeness of his son. That you might be invited into the brotherhood of Jesus. You're invited into the family that you would be brought in to God's kingdom and his family in eternity. He's, he's from the beginning, has planned it that you would be a brother, sister of Jesus, and that we would have new life in the household of God for eternity, and that we would be invited to God's table and his fellowship forever. That is the goal. And that all the junk, all the little pieces in our life are mixing together, working together somehow in God's providence to bring you to that point. And sometimes it's the suffering and the hard things in your life that are doing the best job at it. Because he is not only we're in Christ, do we receive the perfect life that he lived? Do we receive the death that he died on our behalf? Do we receive the, the newness and resurrection life? We also are going to be receiving and becoming in his image, conformed to who Jesus is. The most beautiful perfect being that has ever lived that's what he's that's the goal and for some of us that's going to be a job man what a project for russell to become like jesus and that is that's going to take god let's just put it there let's take it there right it is really going to be a miracle of god for me to become anything like jesus that i would be selfless that I would think of others before Russell. You know, the, just the little things. You find it. And we, here we have great assurance that this process is going to happen. It is a done deal. God has predestined that it would. And we are given a house built upon rock, not on sand. So if you don't have this view, and you don't really take this verse for what it's saying, these verses, for what they're saying then it's something else. So, in other words, God doesn't work a plan. This is just chaos. Or God only, it's only certain things are working together for good. And, and, and the problem, when life comes and it gets really tough, or we actually have to face real persecution, or we're, we're, we're going to be lost. Y'all remember the nursery rhyme, Three Little Pigs? You know, it talks about Mama Pig had three pigs and sent them out. And um, they decide, they were afraid of the, the big bad wolf. And so they decided to build them some houses to protect themselves from the big bad wolf. And one builds his house out of straw. 
One builds his house out of sticks. Y'all know this, right? One builds his house out of brick, right? And y'all know what happens. The wolf comes along and says, you know, hey, little pig, let me in. And the pig says, no, no, not by the hair of thy chinny, chin, chin. And the wolf says, you know, well, I will blow and blow, huff and puff and blow your house down. And the one of straw blows down, of course, the one of sticks blows down. And they all run and and they get into the house. Actually, the older versions, they all, they, the first two get eaten. That's so much better, isn't it? <laughs> we sanitize stuff now. Anyway. <laughs> we'll go with the modern version. They all run into the brick house. And they're saved. Because it's a brick house. It can withstand the huffing and puffing. And that's what happens in life. There's going to be huffing and puffing. There's going to be winds that come and life that comes into your, into circumstances that come into your life that are going to want to crush you. And this doctrine, this verses, this truth teaches us and gives us a solid foundation to live in the midst of any and every circumstance. So, um, if you are an unbeliever this morning, we can't tell you these words. These, if it's only those are who are in Christ, who believe and trust, and who've become in Him, that these verses can be true. But the good news is, if you haven't received Him. If you haven't come into Christ, it's easy. It is a free gift. All you do is believe and trust and receive his life, receive his death on your behalf. And believe that your sins will be forgiven. You will be declared righteous and declared a son or daughter of God. And then you can say with confidence that, that these verses are true of me. Now, those of us who already have and who are in Christ, there's some discipline required with this type of teaching. Because when it gets hard, it's it's tempting to believe the opposite of this. It's tempting to think, this is this this is uh, can't be happening this is god must be out of control god must be mad at me there's any number of reasons we would begin to tempt be tempted to believe that these verses really aren't true and so we have to do the hard work of constantly reminding ourselves and remind ourselves there is a greater purpose than my temporary happiness But here's the good thing. We become happy people. If you believe, really believe these verses, we don't don't have to despair. We don't have to grow into bitterness because we can become really happy people. Because when good things happen, guess what? It's good. So we don't have to be depressed people who flog themselves all the time. We can be happy and enjoy when God brings good things in our lives. We say, God, that was good. And then we can be happy because when bad things happen, it's good. And we, even though we don't understand it, we know that it is going to be good. That God is working these things together for our ultimate glory. And so let's do that hard work.
Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the truths in these verses. Lord, help us to cling to them. Help them to define who we are, Lord. Help them to give us perspective. Help them to give us perspective on the temporary pleasures and things that we think are the goals of our lives. Lord, help us to have perspective when, when things get hard. And it seems everything is falling apart. The bottom has come out. Lord, you tell us that every, every circumstance in our lives is working together for good. For those who love you and are called according to your purpose. And so, Lord, conform us. Conform us through these circumstances, through the things in our lives, to be like your son, Jesus. The most beautiful, precious, perfect being that has ever, ever been. And so, Lord, uh, conform us. And help us to cling to these truths. And we pray all this in the name of Jesus.